Nora Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nora Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more. And I'm your host, Nora Muhammad. Welcome to the show. Yesterday, we celebrated Father's Day, but it is no secret that Black fathers are both undervalued and underappreciated, as are Black men in general in this country. So because of that, I wanted to share excerpts from previous interviews with my sons, Hadar Muhammad and Kahar Muhammad, sharing not just life lessons that they've learned from their father, but also, and more importantly, the value that they recognize that fathers play in the lives of their children. I know, sister, that society and media encourages us Black women to do it alone, but the souls of our children are crying out for the stability that a whole family provides. We need fathers and even father figures in the absence of dad in the homes. Our sons and our daughters require that key male figure. We are imbalanced without him. So please enjoy this episode with Hadar and Kahar Muhammad sharing life lessons from their journey and more specifically lessons they learned from their dad. Welcome to another episode of the Norris Speaks podcast. And as it is Take Your Daughters and Sons to Work Day, it is my pleasure to have my sons in the studio of the Nora Speaks podcast. And this segment, we have my son, Hadar Muhammad. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you were uh, compliant in joining me. Um, I would much prefer to have you here as a guest on the podcast than to actually take you into uh, work with me. I think that um, the work that I do during the day is beneficial and it has rewards, but you know, what I strive to do with the podcast has much more meaning to me. So I'm grateful that you joined me. How are you today? I'm fine. Good. So Hadar, um, you know, the audience knows a bit about me. The audience knows I have two sons. Um, but tell the audience about yourself. Um, well, first of all, I have my mother right here and my father, my younger brother, who will be here soon, I guess. And I'm 17 years old. I'm a junior at Mom's University of Islam. Uh, I ran track for Camden High School. And that's about it. Okay. Well, that's enough. So, Hadar, um, one of the things that I am grateful um to have in you as a son is to have someone that is responsible. Um, You're very resourceful. Uh, And one of the things that I pride uh, greatly is that you have very good character. And I'm not just saying this because you're my son, um, but, you know, as I was raising you and your brother, it was always important to me that you would have or that my children would have many qualities, but chief among them would be 
really good character, being good to yourself, being good to others. And you manifest that in so many different ways. And one way that I would like you to talk about is your role in the youth leadership program that we have in the city of Camden. And you've been instrumental in that program since you've been a part of it. So talk to us about your role there. Um, Well, when I first ever went to the youth forum, I wasn't even a member at the time. I'm pretty sure it was me and Car, and you brought us along with you. <laughs> yes. And we were just kind of in the back, in the cut. And we were watching Hafiz and Hanif and Anissa and Hasiba actually do the whole, uh, the prosecutor and all that stuff. And I just thought it was cool with the idea of you, a bunch of people that don't know each other, just being thrown into an event, and now y'all got to work with each other, y'all get to talk to each other, and I always thought that was, like, a cool like cool thing to do because I don't... Back then, I was a little more reserved, but I'm not... I like the idea of just being thrown with a bunch of people and mm-hmm. learning about them and having different point of views and talking about different types of things because you don't know what might interest you that they might have or what I had that might interest them. Yeah. I have to say, you know, you have always been pretty good about uh, being in a new place, in a new space with new people. Um, You've not been very hesitant, and it seems like you get very comfortable quickly. You kind of find your lane. You find your niche within the group. And you you did. You started off as someone that was more reserved. Uh, I won't say shy, but definitely more reserved, a little more introverted. And very quickly, you developed into this extroverted young man that I didn't know. So how did the program help you with that kind of coming out of your shell a bit? Um, I think it was the exposure with different people, like I was talking about earlier. I was, during that time, I was always around the same friend group all the time, around the same people all the time. I didn't really go, I didn't have other people coming in and out. I saw the same people every day. So I kind of just got used to those same people. And then being thrown into that environment with a bunch of people that I don't know, I was like, it was it was kind of, it was weird. It was different. Mm-hmm. But I just felt, okay, so now this is different. I kind of have to, like, adjust to it because there's a bunch of people that don't, I want to see what they think about certain things. I want to talk to them. I want to sit here quiet. That's kind of an it's uninteresting. You don't. Mm-hmm. It's not as uh. It's not as fun. I guess. Okay. So how would you describe yourself if if you had a friend that was telling another friend their friend about you? What would you want them to relay about you? Your qualities, um, some traits about you, some features. What would you? What What are the first few things that you think they should say if they were introducing Hadar? Uh. That's that's kind of hard. Um, uh, I guess I'm not like an angry person. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to look at different people's point of views of things. Um, I like talking with different people and being in different environments that I haven't been before, like trying new things. And that's, I think that's a good, 
Okay. Okay. So within your peer group or your uh, group of friends, Mm -hmm. I've noticed that you definitely have some leadership qualities. So what does it mean for you to be a leader and a role model and an example for your 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 generation? Um, you have to have patience a lot, patience, and you have to know how to deal with each person in that way. You can't deal with everyone the exact same way. You have to kind of see it from their point of view. You have to make it so. Okay, I understand your point, and I understand your point. Just because she's saying this and he's saying that doesn't mean that one's right and one's wrong. Maybe y'all could both be right. Mm -hmm. So then let's sit here and figure out what's what. Stop screaming, stop Mm -hmm. cursing. So you find yourself being like a mediator often? Yes, that's that's usually what ends up being. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just you have to see it from their side. And also you have to... What I usually do is relay it from an outside point of view or I line what they're going through and I make up, make put it in front of them kind of. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, oh my God, I can't believe he did, they did this to me. They shouldn't have did that. They shouldn't have reacted that way. They need to be more responsible. And I say, okay, so imagine you mm-hmm. walk across the street and someone hits the back of your car, mm-hmm. like how you did them. Mm-hmm. How would you react? Right. And that usually helps them put it into perspective because nowadays it's, oh, man, we got to fight instantly. Mm. Well, at least he didn't try and fight you. At least he just got he got upset. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to another point. I heard you on a radio show recently and someone asked you about the young brothers that are in the streets and what is um, attracting them to what some call gangs, some call mm-hmm. street organizations. And you said something I thought was very profound, and you talked about the structure. Mm-hmm. So could you explain that? When I say something about the structure, and I've been talking about this or had this talk to me about a lot, and I also, when I first really got into the subject, was not even anywhere special like school. It was at after track practice, they were having an event. And they asked some of the boys to come through mm. and listen. And he asked us what he asked us the same question asking me, what do you think attracts them to that kind of culture? And a lot of the boys, they didn't come up like how I came up. They have certain friends that may live that lifestyle or brothers, like they're kind of closely linked. But one thing that I found out is you the all the negative stuff that people keep bashing on them about it's secondary it's always secondary mm. they'll go there because either my dad's doing it my brother's doing it my friend's doing it because they want to feel like they're a part of something a part of a structure mm. and also so you're saying like the the behavior the activity yes. which may be criminal that's secondary but the primary thing is the structure that's what attracts, especially, I can't speak for uh, women or girls or females. I always try and talk from, like, my, the male side of point of view. Seeing structure as men, as boys, that that's very appealing. Mm-hmm. It's very, okay, a bunch of guys ended up coming out a dark black SUV, all wearing jet black suits in the same color tie. That sounds, people going to be like, oh, who are they? Mm-hmm. Instantly, you're not going to. 
what Saftar said his same uh I think on the radio show. Mm-hmm. Talking about he was waiting in line to get ice cream for his mom and one of the boys, two boys on bikes, they rode past his like, Oh, he must be rich. Because? Because he was wearing a suit. He didn't mm. end up taking the suit off. And that kind of structure just attracts children. Mm. And whether they're younger or older, is the kind of structure. Because nowadays, I think why it attracts us so much is because of because it is so lacking. Mm. Great point. Okay, well, that, that brings me to another thing I wanted to talk to you about. So as you know, I wasn't raised by either of my parents. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't have a, I had father figure, but I didn't have a father in my life that raised me. And your father didn't have his father mm-hmm. the way he would have wanted to have his father. Mm-hmm. And so here you are growing up in a two-parent household, um, interacting with your father on a daily basis. So tell me and tell the audience, those of us who have not had a father in the home, Especially the males who haven't had a father in the home. What 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 did we miss? What do we what what did we miss out on? Yeah, mm. uh, a lot. There is. I'm a, I'm gonna start off with something recent. My, I asked my dad to drop me off at track practice, and he was in the middle of talking to me. I, I call them dad talks, and whenever I, I talk to anyone about it, they always know exactly what I'm talking about. A dad talk is basically when you bring up something small, like, hey, dad, do you want some water? And then, or dad, uh, can I get the remote right quick? And then all of a sudden it talks, he switches up, and now he's talking about something else completely. But it's not It's not just random. It's, like, it's still knowledgeable, but it comes from something, the smallest thing, like, oh, this this I saw this nice car the other day. He's like, see, that's why you should be investing <laughs> and starting now yeah. to build up for now. Cause you don't wanna you don't wanna wait till you're my age to realize, okay, I I should start being responsible. And Dad and that, talks. Yeah, that's what a dad talk is. Okay. Um but my dad, he uh he kind of he kind of brought the structure. Mm-hmm. Like, no offense to you. But after a certain while, mom saying something doesn't have the same effect as dad saying something. And I think you can see that in, like, especially our community now. After a while, mom saying something does not have the same effect. For boys, I'm, like, I'm only can talk from a boy's point of view. Mom saying the same thing or saying something is not the same as dad saying it. Because when mom says it, you moms are always like loving, and I'm saying it's it's she's she's I'm not gonna you you snapped on me a few times when I was younger. <laughs> I'm not gonna say you haven't, but I know it didn't take dad to snap on me for me to end up trying to pray that he thinks and hope that I'm asleep before he gets home. It's when I say he brought the structure, he made it so he set everything up and said, okay, if you don't follow this there's going to be an issue and then reinforced it with i'm not i'm not going to play i'm not i'm not uh your age i'm not playing with you i'm not going to do any of this i'm telling you how it is this mm. is how it's going to be and you're not straying from this mm. and i think that helped me a lot because um i'm still doing and most of the things that he talked about i'm experiencing now mm-hmm. so he kind of like from a young age 
he it's more like he set me up to succeed. Oh, that's so. beautiful. What do you have to say to the audience in closing? I guess the most important thing that I could say, and I think it can apply to everybody, um, stop being afraid. Mm-hmm. And when I say certain things like that, because I do talk to, when I talk to people, my peers and stuff like that, when they say, oh, this is hard or something like that, I usually tell them, and I got this from you and dad, okay, then just stop. Or with certain things that say it's not, it's, it doesn't, you, you saying it's easier than it being done. And I'm like, it might be, but if you really want it, if you really want it that bad, then it's not going to be that hard to get it. Because mm. if you're going towards a path, no mess ups, going straight towards what you want, the only thing that could stop you from getting it is you. And I realize that, especially in our communities, the number one thing for people my age or older is fear. People are scared to speak up. People are scared to do what they want to do or achieve what they want to achieve because they'll think, I'm scared that I might lose this. I'm scared Mm -hmm. that I might not go all the way through with it. I'm scared that anything. But if you're doing what you want to do, then you shouldn't be afraid. Mm -hmm. If you have something that you want to be, then you shouldn't be afraid to be that or get that or anything. So I guess my... What I want to say is just lose the fear. That's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being a wonderful guest. Mm, Thank you for having me. I am joined by my son, Kahar Muhammad, for part two of this series. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So I'm glad that you're here on the podcast, Kahar. You and I talk a lot, and I'm very... um, interested in you sharing your insights, your personal insights, how you Mm -hmm. see the world as a young man um, growing up in urban America and seeing the needs of our people. So I'm interested in you sharing with the Norris Speaks listeners, um, you know, what what you have in you to share. But let's just start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself. What would you like to share? Um, I'm 15 years old. I go to Muhammad University of Islam. I run track and wrestle for Camden High, and I'm a lifeguard in training. Great. You're a lifeguard in training. Yes. So we were talking a little bit uh, before the mic was hot uh, just about um, your journey, you know, mm-hmm. you becoming a lifeguard and, yeah. you know, what a major responsibility that is. So yeah. what are some things that you've learned in your lifeguard training that you didn't know before? Um uh, I gained a whole lot of discipline and um, focus, and I also gained a whole lot of respect for lifeguards because their job isn't just sitting around and waiting for something to happen. Their job is to uh, prevent things from actually happening. So I, when I was younger, I used to always go to the beach, and I was like, the lifeguards are just sitting there doing nothing. No, they're observing every single thing that's going on. You know, They don't want anyone to get hurt. Mm-hmm. So you found that this training has um, helped you to be a, 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 a better observer? Yes, a better observer. Um, they, it teaches you to use all of our senses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so this will be your first uh, year as a lifeguard. Are you excited? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's kind of uh, scary at the same time because it's like, people's like if so, something happens to someone while you're um, lifeguarding it's your responsibility to help them out 
you know, you can't just sit there and do nothing. You, you're you not one of the bystanders. You have to get in there and get your hands dirty. Mm, great. So I think that kind of ties into your role in the community as a youth leader, right. you know, kind of not being a bystander, mm-hmm. but a leader is somebody that not just disseminates information, but also um, is a role model or an example mm-hmm. in how to behave. So as you've been a member of the youth leadership program, how have you seen yourself grow into the role of a youth leader? Um, confidence. And I did notice a lot of, you know, younger people, they look up to me for all kinds of things, especially um, the kids at my old program. They would always ask me questions about how I got these muscles or how did I... Um, how did I make it so far in the sports that I play? So the young people that you've worked with look up to you, ask yeah. you questions. So how do you see your responsibility in exhibiting positive behavior to them? Just setting a good example, make sure, making sure that they go down the right path. You know, if they do something wrong, correct them, but not in like a, a judgmental kind of way, more in like a, a mentor. You mm-hmm. know, you got to... Um, if they do something wrong or bad, you're not like, what do you? What is wrong with you? Like, why would you do that? Because they don't know. You can't just, you can't snap on someone because they don't know what they're doing is wrong. Mm. So one of the things that um, I've asked previous youth leaders that I've had on the podcast is how can your generation, you know, your generation faces mm-hmm. a lot of challenges, which, you know, I want to talk to you about, you know, uh, shortly, but for now, what do you see as as what your generation needs from the previous generations? Because we, you know, as as mentors, as coaches, as parents, you know, we think and we know some things that you need to know um, and need to do. But you, as you all are looking at us, what would you say that you all need from us that we might not know about? I feel like a lot of us today, we don't feel like you guys really understand us in a way Mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of people from the older generation, they expected us to be just like them, but but we're not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them don't like that. So uh, understanding is one thing. And also um, a lot of us need uh, fathers Mm -hmm. because a lot of fathers, they just... They don't want the responsibility of having a child, so they just leave. And now the kids that were um, without the father in the home were um, were undisciplined. We have a whole lot of hatred, mm-hmm. self hatred. And the the mothers they they end up hating the father, so they end up taking the anger out on their child, which is not a good thing. Wow! So that's that's a pretty powerful statement. Yeah. Um, So something I asked your brother, and you've kind of led me right into this question. One of the things I asked your brother about um, is, you know, what you've gained being raised in a two-parent household. Um, That I wasn't raised in a two-parent household, Mm -hmm. as you know, and your father wasn't. And there are many who are listening, as you acknowledge, are not being raised in a two-parent household with their mother and father. And I promote family on the podcast. I promote parenting in a marriage mm-hmm. as the most stable way to parent. So what are 
families or what are children missing? And the reason why I'm asking you this, son, is because society has been suggesting to us for a while that we don't need family to have children. We don't need a father in the home to raise children. Um, It's it's very optional, Mm -hmm. right? So what can you share with the audience about the the necessity of being parented in a two-parent household? Um, Stability and showing what a man should be like, Mm. you know? If um, a man has the courage to actually stay and help raise a family, that that shows a lot. Like, just that shows a lot. And um, also, yeah, showing what a a man should be like. You know, a a lot of young men, they they usually always, they find it in someone else, but they don't always find it in the right person. Mm. Some people find it in their culture. Some people find it in in gangs. And... um, and yeah, we need we need the right leadership because we don't really know what a man is. A lot of us don't really know what a man is. Don't, we don't know what it should look like. So that's one thing. And um, yeah, just something else that's in my mind, but I can't really think about it right now. So, so well, why you th- why you, while that comes to you, um, what would you say to a young woman? who, you know, relationships have their ups and downs, and we've gotten pretty accustomed to feeling as if, you know, fathers or, you know, that male figure in a child's life is optional and almost disposable. You know, we kind of can think of that as a revolving door. Imagine there's a woman um, that's outside the studio right now listening to this. What would you say to her? if she's really considering um, cutting ties with the father of her son, her daughter, because they're just not getting along, not because there's a, a health or safety, not because there's abuse or, or some kind of trauma, but just because we're just not getting along. What would you say to her? Or what would you say to him, to the father? I would say you did this, so you need to, you need to be there. First of all, it's your child, and um, everyone needs that extra support, especially that child. It needs um, support from their mother and their father, even if they're not together, like even if they're just both in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, a child needs both parents to be raised properly. Okay. Thank you for that. But I want to thank you again for being um, on the podcast and sharing that and Um, just talking about yourself. Um, Each episode, I close the podcast by saying, don't just join the movement, be the movement. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful to see that uh, you and your brother are both living your lives, being the movement, um, trying to do your best to be the solution and not the problem. Right. You know, to make a positive contribution and impacts in your community. So how would you encourage others to make their own impacts? And why might it be necessary for them to make an impact? Um, clean up your community. You know, when you see trash on the ground outside, pick it up. Um, um, be there for your people. Mm-hmm. You know, support them. 
Uh, make sure your uh, your children, the people in your community are going down the right path. You know, if you see anything going on, then correct them. And, um, yeah, just be there for your people. Okay. Thank you for joining me on the North Speaks podcast. Of course. It was a, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the North Speaks podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode coming at you fresh next week. And as always, if you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, noramohammed.com. Or if you have a listener question, email me at info at You can also follow the Nora Speaks podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Nora Speaks Podcast. I'll be sure to include links in the show notes. If this show has value to you, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with family and friends. And be sure to check out previous episodes. And remember, don't just join the movement, be the movement. Stay in peace.